Hello, people. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Yes, welcome. Today is December 6th, as everybody knows. We didn't have to redo this again because I stumped Micah on the date. Yes, we did not. And today we're talking about Captain Captain Marvel. Marvel, the fourth Captain movie in the series. Oh, okay. <laughs> and cool. the first female-led movie in the entire franchise. This is the 22nd, 20... 21st. 21st movie in the franchise, and we finally got a girl. And we got a girl, and she kicks butt. And uh, no, uh, this is a very good movie. I like it a lot. Um, we should talk about it today in our episode of the Macabre Podcast Universe. Why not? The podcast where two people... Sometimes more. Maybe there's going to be a guest soon. Oh. Hint, hint. Oh. Um, as Tim Allen said. Huh? <laughs> oh, uh, whoa. Spoiler alert. Uh-oh. And um, everyone thinks uh, it's going to be Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, uh, but this we is get a, together, a podcast where we, we talk about uh, movie franchises, franchises. And we see if we analyze movies to see if they fit in a franchise, if they don't fit in a franchise, why, how, when, where, and who, and what. Yeah, and this one is kind of interesting. We're almost at the end of Marvel. Um, this is w- them kind of filling in some of the gaps as far as timelines go before I feel, a lot of the movies take place. I feel with Marvel at this point, watching it so much and having like recently gone through like Endgame yeah. and theaters and stuff, I just feel like once we're done with this, I feel like, do I have to start watching them again? I feel like they always have to be something I'm watching because that's how it's always it's how it's felt for the past some odd years. Oh, where you, it's always like, yeah, I guess there's this Marvel movie we can watch, but after that, it's like we can actually take a break from Marvel. Oh, oh, you mean like it'll be weird to be yeah. caught up and like having watched them all and ready to go? Yeah, yeah, because we won't have to watch one until um, I think March or April. So, I mean, it's like, it'll be a while before we have to watch another one. Yeah, it's weird to Inle- think about. Unless it's, it's just like school. for fun. It's like when you finally graduate high school or college, and then you're like, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah. What now? Yeah, so um, we're almost graduated. Um, but yeah, this movie's kind of interesting. It's in the 90s. Um, set in the 90s. Set in the 90s, and, and it's... Um, Kind of filling in, filling in some of the gaps, and I think this movie does kind of open up the universe a little bit in a cool way. We get introduced to scrolls, which are pretty cool. It also like gives the implication that it's not just Steve Rogers was a hero, then nothing went on until Hulk and Iron Man. Yeah, it's like, oh wait, so there's some other stuff that was going on, and it leaves the potential for like. Um, maybe movies that take place in between that time period, and which I is a pretty cool thing. It gives uh, Nick Fury and a, a larger sense shield more of a um, validity to what they're doing. Because, I mean, not yeah. that I never thought that. I, I just remember, like, always thinking, like, yep, that's shield. That's just what they do. And I don't really question how they got here and how they, like, basically know that aliens exist. And they're, yeah, like, not phased yeah. by it. But, yeah, I, yeah. But, it's like, never this been is, an like, issue, a nice... But- anecdote and i think i think for the most part this movie doesn't fall i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think it falls too far into that prequel problem that a lot of movies have because as we will discuss as we discuss more series a lot of prequels get bogged down on um trying to set up future stories and not telling a present story well this story is not about who she's supposed to be it's about who she was yeah and a lot of the times 
prequel movies or origin stories are about who they're supposed to be. This is about her. Wait, can you go further with that? I don't know what you mean. By oh, that. I just feel like this movie kind of a lot of it. You know, there's that thing a lot where it's like the the thing that they have to learn is like not not who they think they are, who they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But this movie is about her remembering who she was. Oh, sure. And I mean, oh, she yeah. she does grow and change as a character because it'd be boring if she didn't. But I think that she does. A, a big part of it to get to that point is she has to remember who she was. She like embraces the past instead yeah. of just like, I can change my past. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that's a good point. I think that you that's, don't think that's <laughs> no, a good point. I think that's a good point. And then the other sentence that I should have said instead of mixing them together is I, I don't think the movie falls too far into the camp of what I always cite as one of my least favorite examples in, in solo when, Han Solo walks up to the counter and the guy asks him what his last name is. And he's like, hmm, I don't have a last name. And the guy goes, hmm, Solo. You're kind of like, I never, I didn't need to have an I origin never asked for, for his it. name, you know? It, but I mean, did they always, in the original Star Wars, did they ever make a big deal out of his name? No, they never made a big deal That's about like the cool thing about name. Star Wars original stuff. And I'm not saying I don't like the new stuff. Yeah, but yeah. the the cool part about and the I like world, Solo, but yeah, yeah, the new part about the the cool part about the Star Wars world is they don't have to explain anything, and it's mm-hmm. it, you just like either understand it or don't, but you don't really care either way. Yeah, at least that's how I feel, and I'm not like a mega fan. Yeah, so and well, mega and, fans get kind of too into it, right? Like. <laughs> and and so, <laughs> some some prequels kind of just get stuck on like trying to provide significance to things that they know people like um when things aren't that significant to begin with so for example i mean in this movie they have the tesseract but that mo- we already know that holds significance throughout history so it's not um odd now you do have the fury eye which we'll get into and then the avengers initiative at the end which we'll get into but um, anyway, that's kind of Can my you get precursor these production notes to, already? to what we're uh, what we're going to be talking about. So we are um, doing Captain Marvel, of course, and this movie is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And um, you might be thinking, wait, did they not give a woman like a chance to just make the movie? They did, in my opinion, anyway, because they the Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden are directing partners, so they've directed previous movies together. Um, so Ryan Fleck di- directed Half Nelson, which is a movie that has Ryan Gosling in it. One of it his would be good. Movies. Have you seen it? I have seen I've it. I've always wondered if that movie's good or not. Yeah, I think uh, Trevin likes it. Okay, and um, I think. I think Anna Bowden is like an uncredited director, kind of like a Joel and Ethan Cohen sort of situation. You know how sometimes it's She'll only... She'll get there. Yeah. Well, and then and then they're both credited for Mississippi Grind. It's kind of a funny story. That was the Zach Galifianakis movie. I never saw it, but I think he was like going to... I'm going to look up the cover. Like rehab or something like that. And then um, also a movie called Sugar. Um, the movie's produced by Kevin Feige. The screenplay is by Anna Bowden and oh, I think Ryan I've seen Fleck. This movie. And uh, yeah, who else is in it? Isn't it like Zach um, Braff Emma in Roberts is in Emma it? Roberts. Zach Efron. Zach you Efron. Wish. No. No, I said no. Zach Braff. Was oh. it Zach Braff? Oh, is that the Scrubs guy? No, yeah. but it's got Jim Gaffigan. Okay. And Lauren Graham from uh, Gilmore Chicks. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. How about it's kind of a funny, let's go back to the screenplay of Captain Marvel. Um, it, so Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck did the screenplay, 
as well as Geneva Robertson Duorit, who did uh, the new Tomb Raider movie as well. Those are, those are like her only credits. Her Captain what was Marvel the other one? And, and oh, the, Captain Marvel and that? Yeah. Hmm. And then story, you have um, Nicole Perman and Meg... Well, no, no, I'm sorry. So you have Nicole Perlman, Perman, um, who, if you remember, she was the one that was involved in the original Guardians draft. I and it was then, Perlman. Maybe, yeah, I think it is. I misspelled it. Um, she was in the original Guardians draft, um, and then uh, she also wrote Detective Pikachu, one of the writers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that seems weird, though, because remember, we listened to the blank check that had the writers of that movie on. Remember, a big thing they talked about is who actually gets the writing credit. That's right. Yeah. And I, that lobbying to get the writing credit, which sounds like a nightmare. I'm super confused by Nicole's... Um, she sounds like a woman who has a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Yeah, it just sounds like... Because she started... Even when I was doing the research, she, like, started on this. She didn't finish Captain Marvel. She, like, took a pass at it. And then and then um, uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck tried it out. And Geneva, the person I mentioned in the screenplay. And then this other woman, uh, Meg Lefebvre. Lefebvre? Lefebvre. Um, she, who also wrote um, Inside Out and The Good Dinosaurs. She's a Pixar person. Um and so, yeah, I'm kind of curious about Nicole a little bit more. Maybe We'd, she's someone that, I don't know, she has a lot of fingers and a lot of pies, and people are like, oh, I, you know who would like maybe have a fresh take is Nicole. Maybe, Someone yeah. call Nicole. And, and maybe and she's Nicole, just an ideas person. We'd love to have you on, and we'd love to talk talk to you about what you Get do. Get to the bottom of these pies that uh -huh. your fingers are in. <laughs> um, uh, the music, this is interesting. The music is by Pinar Toprak. Who by did, soap who did, soap did it. the song the music for that short we watched pearl that pixar short i think oh, it was really? Pixar anyway and she did this it was because it's on disney plus yeah well but it might not have been pixar it might have oh been. you mean pixar oh yeah. okay uh and then uh she did fortnite the the score for fortnite is that and, the video game yes and the other thing is it's a she if you're noticing which this is the first time in the entire marvel universe that we've had a woman composer Wow, that sucks. So that's kind of interesting. Um, cinematography, we have Ben Davis, who did the original Guardians movie, and um, I think he did Ultron as well, and, and another one, I think. So he's, he's, he's a Marvel guy. I thought this movie looked good. I thought the movie looked really good. It, it, has, um, it has a pretty, like, it still stays within the realm of Yeah, but I think it's Marvel got some movie. more contrast than usual. It's got more contrast, and I think there's a little bit more of, like, um... I don't know. It feels a little more intimate the way it's filmed. It, it's not so like focused on the bigger stuff. It, it is at least. Did you feel that way? More intimate. You said the movie feels more intimate with how it's shot as well. There's still mm -hmm. the action sec pieces, but I feel like for the most part, it, it's more. I don't know. I don't really know how to I'm describe just it. About but, it. Um, well, I'll just keep moving on. Uh, Production studio, Marvel Studios, of course, distributed by Walt Disney Studios, um, comes out March 8th, 2019, earlier this year. The budget is $152 million to $175 million, somewhere in that range. Domestically, the movie makes $426 million, $829,839. I couldn't see if those were eights or if they were sixes, because I'm not wearing my glasses. Uh, worldwide, the movie makes one billion one hundred twenty-six million two hundred seventy-four thousand seven hundred and ninety-four dollars. 
So a smashing success. Yep. Um, so in the pre-production, here's what... So earlier you had talked about how you thought that, it, like, man, it took them forever to do a girl movie, right? So a discussion that's worth having is that um, while, yes, it has taken them this long to make a female-led movie, the stuff that I was reading that Kevin Feige was saying in the writers of the movie is that I think because of both culture and the pressure they were putting on themselves, they were so obsessed with getting this movie right that they didn't want to, they just didn't want to make the first one like not a good movie. So I think that is kind of interesting to say. You know what the interesting thing about that is? Yeah. Glad that they spent the time Mm -hmm. to make it right because I think that they did do it right and I thought, I think it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. What's funny about it, because sexism is just a thing that exists, it sucks that people have to spend so much time to get it right. I know. That's the funny like, it's flip like, side of well, it. Well, if they had made it, uh, you know, five, seven years ago, they, they wouldn't even think about that and it'd be fine. And it's like, no, it'd probably be a sexist movie <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, if they didn't spend time on it. So it's like a weird catch 22 yeah. thing. So it's like, I appreciate that they did spend a good, good deal of time on it. But part of it, and this is just something that it's like just being mad at the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, where it's just like it's dumb that they have to like focus that much on, like spend probably a l- more energy on this movie than any other in a way that they've never had to before. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, and so they have been talking about doing a female-led movie since 2013, which is still probably too late to have the discussion. Um, yeah. But still, that's um, what six years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's a while. And then um, I have a. Um, it is, yeah, it is in fact. Wasn't the first Avengers movie 2012? Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think after that they were like, the uh, universe is open. Yeah. What are some girls yeah. we can add to this? Or, you know, can we do a Black Widow movie or something yeah. like that? Um, so then Nicole, Nicole Perlman has this quote that I wanted to read that she said, um, we've been talking a lot about how to write a strong female superhero without making it Superman with boobs. We'll catch ourselves and say, wait a minute, what are we saying here about women in power? Then we have to say, why are we getting so hung up on that? We should just tell the best story and build the best character. And then we have this constant back and forth about how to tell a story that is compelling, entertaining, moving, kick-ass, and fun, and also be aware of what those larger implications might be. So you can tell that they were like taking it pretty seriously, and they didn't yeah. want to mess things up. Um, And then, yeah, there were just a lot of quotes about them not wanting to get the movie into, like, get her into, like, the Superman zone with her powers just being, like, so powerful. She can do anything. She's Superman. She's invincible. Um, Brie Larson was paid five million bucks, and they laid them out in one dollar bills. And you can watch the video online. It's two and a half hours long. Did you do any research about how people don't like her? Um, I started to, and then I was like, I'm already annoyed and bored by this subject. But did you f- pull up anything? Well, I was trying to figure out, because I had heard that she said she did all her stunts, and I pulled up an article that said um, she did a lot of her own stunts and said that she did a lot of her own stunts, not that she did all of them. So I don't know where that came from. I wonder, even if that's true or not, I feel like what people are more upset about is her attitude. Yeah. that's well, And I haven't watched anything uh, and I or have read much or anything, but it, it seems like that's more of her being cocky about it. Yeah, I that's don't the, know. That's the sense that I, I get. I don't know. I don't. I because then also like at the MTV Movie Awards, she like pulled her stunt double on stage. So I I don't know. What was she doing there? 
or I mean the the like uh like the People's Choice or one of those like award shows <laughs> MTV she, Music Video Awards for Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but 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 then again, it's like well maybe that was after people were giving her flack. But I I don't know. I don't really care. Well, no, it's just I mean we are here. I mean we are talking about the production and all no, that no, stuff right no, now. No. But it's like at the end of the day. We're going to just talk about this movie. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if she does a good job in the movie, I, I don't care. And I guess maybe the larger thing to talk about that's interesting is, say, um, Chris Evans acts the exact same way. People aren't going to give it that much credit. Oh, no. They're, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, he's got whatever. He's cool. Yeah. But since she's a girl, it's like, oh, she's one of those girls that like also, thinks she's strong and powerful, which also, is stupid. Also, Chris she Evans is. would never do that, and how dare you for saying well, that? Well, that is part of this whole thing. <laughs> but it is a funny thing, because I just remember when the movie came out, I heard a lot of people talking about like the way she was acting, and I'm like outside of the movie and i'm just kind of like whatever i don't care like she's a, one of my favorite actresses the movie's cool so who cares like they're paid not to be themselves what's your big problem here people and if it was a guy they wouldn't have acted the same way that's dumb yeah so um <laughs> okay the movie well wait what did you have more to <laughs> no, say no no it's just fun. no no i'm just thinking of dumb jokes oh yeah I just, I mean, I'm, I am not a woman, so I can't speak to certain issues, but especially like with acting, like actors are different people off stage, and it just annoys me when people. Well, I'm, I always in these conversations, paid not to be themselves. I always think of that interview with Tom Hardy when he in the movie Legend, where he mm -hmm. plays someone who's gay, and someone asks him, "What's your sexual orientation?" and he said, "Doesn't matter. We're, I'm here to talk about the movie." Next question. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah. yeah, who cares? He's playing a character. Yeah, yeah. For and also like that, like Tom Hardy again for an example. He's amazing. Every interview I've seen with him, it's the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so is. It's such yeah, a if, boring if interview. People, if you guys think that Leonardo DiCaprio takes his job too seriously, watch Revenant interviews with <laughs> Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio. You think Leonardo DiCaprio like dies and goes to heaven every time he does a movie? He's that excited compared to tom hardy well what's funny do you remember in that interview so there's a there i think it's like during the same segment that they're talking to leonardo dicaprio and they're like this shoot for revenant was so hard can you tell us about it and he's like it was so hard and he's he's going the the weather and like yeah. all the brutality we had to go through they asked tom hardy the same question and he's like i i wouldn't say i found it hard we just went out and i mean some days were longer than others and <laughs> Sometimes but we he, had to he move also some snow would always around, make it about so. like this is art and this yeah, is like it's yeah. and all this stuff and Which it's like it is, but no 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 it is for sure <laughs> but at the point it gets to a point where it's like come on dude how much did you get paid for this movie yeah <laughs> but I, yeah I just remember he was he was so much like that it was it was really funny yeah so then we gotta talk about taxes. I mean, if we're going to talk about Captain Marvel, what okay, goes okay, hand in hand have? is we have to do, do taxes. Have? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. This is a movie podcast, <laughs> yo. Um, this movie had a $20.7 million tax credit to film in California. Why? Find it interesting. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. But, I mean, almost all these movies are filmed in Atlanta. And yeah. this movie was filmed in L.A. And the I think the director, Ryan Fleck, one of the directors, said, like, it was kind of interesting and throwback in a way because, like, no one films in California anymore. Yeah, that's cool. Do you um, think it's because of the Me Too thing? No one wanted to film there anymore. And they're like, please film your movie here. We'll give well, you I money. Don't think, people haven't been filming there for years, I don't think. So it's totally the Me Too thing. <laughs> um, and the working title to this movie was Open World. 
And then um, Ben Davis, the cinematographer, talked about how uh, the company Panavision, um, someone who works for it, Dan Sasaski, Dan Sasaki, um, tailor-made lenses so that they'd have a softer look for the 90s, um, like when they're on Earth and stuff. Um, and then there'd be a little bit of a difference between the 90s and space. Oh, I totally feel that. But then he did wind up using a lot of it in space because he said he really liked the lens a lot. Oh, really? Because I feel like, okay. I think in the close-up shots he did a lot. Oh, okay. Um, not not a like lot. The... He just said he, he wanted that differential, which totally is there, but then he kind of like wound up using it a little oh. bit in space because he's, the way he talked about it was kind of like a kid almost. Yeah. Like, well, I had to play with the toy. It was just yeah. Um. And then Lola VFX worked on the on the de-aging of Jackson. And they 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 originally started with several movies as reference. Because, you know, we, we've talked about this before. It's like Jackson was there in the 90s, so we all know wh- what he looked like. So they had a pretty big task. Um, and so uh, they, they referenced Pulp Fiction, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Jurassic Park, Loaded Weapon 1, which I've never heard of, and then a movie called 187. And then as they were going... What was the second movie you said? Um, Loaded Weapon 1. No, the second movie you said. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Didn't know he was in a Die Hard movie. Yeah, he's he's the bad guy in Die Hard <gasps> with a Vengeance. Spoiler. Uh, I think you know that pretty close off the bat. Um, I don't think it's a, a ruse. And then... Um, then once they were starting to get into it a little bit more, they were like, well, we have to get rid of looking at Pulp Fiction because he has a wig and facial hair. That's not helpful. <laughs> and then they uh, got rid of Jurassic Park as well because it made the, like in that movie, I guess they tried to age him up. So they're like, that doesn't work either. He has so little screen time and they're never like full on face shots, I feel like. In Jurassic Park? Yeah. Yeah, there are. He's not in the movie that much though. <laughs> I mean, he's he's in a, a good amount of the, I mean, not a in good amount, room. but he's a, no, he also goes um, to a different room and helps Laura Dern with the um, the circuits and stuff. Genuinely, oh yeah. yeah, okay. He's in like five or six scenes, probably. Like, like most of it's in that room, though. Um, and then uh, he wore him and um, let the record get- show that Micah got mad at me for not understanding a <laughs> Jurassic Park reference. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna cut all that. Uh, he, the, it, so they wore him and uh, Greg Clark or whatever. They wore tracking dots um, yeah. during the filming, Is and that they didn't Paulson, have Robert Paulson, um, <laughs> Agent Coulson, Agent Coulson. Um, but they had no, they didn't have body doubles. So I guess a lot of times they'll do like a body double, and then they'll do the and facial that as well. Hard. So they just skipped that step because they didn't have time to do all of that. Yeah, not having the double sounds hard. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's my notes. Oh, finally. It wasn't even that many. <laughs> my goodness. Wait till you hear the Toy Story episode. Jeez. Yeah. Wait. That's exclusive. You can't tell people <laughs> we that. Were, we already told people. No, that was Avengers Endgame. That's the episode that comes out next week. Oh, but we, oh, I thought you were getting mad because we haven't told people Toy Story, but we already did. <laughs> oh, sorry, people. Sometimes we record ahead of time. <laughs> no other podcast so, on earth does that. I guess if you want to get ready for our next series, it's going to be Toy we Story. We already said that. On the Endgame episode, oh. which is next week. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to jump <laughs> into my notes. This is the announcement. You just announced it because this movie came We're out before. We're doing Toy Story, <laughs> big whoop-de-doo. <laughs> and then in the next episode, I guess you'll hear it in a much nicer tone. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> 
Okay, so star of this movie is Brie Larson, not the cheese, the woman. Um, so she has been in a lot more movies than I think of off the top of my head. But then when you like see her filmography, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's been in these movies. She's in 22 Jump, 21 Jump Street. Seen it. Short Term 12. Seen it. Really good movie, people. It also has Dar- Lakeith Stanfield yeah. in it. <laughs> Darius. Um, Unicorn Store, Seen it. which came out uh this year and yeah. it's directed and written by her yeah and samuel jackson's in yes it. room academy award winning role alongside jacob tremblay your boy I you love my, him. <laughs> yes um he's great she's also really great too though if anyone has not seen that movie watch it but make sure genuinely have a box of tissues next to you I haven't seen it um and then she's in community she's seen abed's it. girlfriend which I, I always, always forget, forget that she's great. And then oh, she's um, so good. What kind of sucks about it since that show gets canceled, you know, got canceled shortly after that mm-hmm. season. Uh, they, they, uh, and she, she got really famous after all those things. They, they just couldn't use her when they were really setting her up oh, to be yeah. like, this is the perfect girl for Abed. And then she's just in like four or five. And episodes then they just can't do any more with her, which is like, uh, that makes sense, but it sucks. Cause she's so great. And then um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Seen it. Thirteen going on thirty. And she's in Sleepover. People, she's in Sleepover. Veronica will probably only get anything out of this, but this is one of the biggest movies of our preteen years, starring the girl <laughs> from Spy Kids, um, the guy from American Horror Story, Peter. You're a fan of it. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know who I'm talking about. He's younger. He's like our age. Oh, he's also an X-Men. Oh, um, I don't think his name's Peter, but maybe it is. We call him Little Peter. <laughs> <laughs> What's what, his name? His name is um, Peter, up, Peter well, Tremblay. Can you look it up? Okay, but keep going. Um, it's just crazy because she's like the the lead mean girl in Sleepover, and I, I can't believe it because... The movie's such a big part of my life, my preteen years, and then I go look at these pictures, and I'm like, I hardly recognize her in that in those pictures. Okay, fine, I'll move forward. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Yeah. Oh, um, but his name in X Men is Peter Maximoff, so that's kind of interesting. Anyway, um, and guess then we, not. <laughs> I haven't seen him in it, and I don't look forward to it. Um, ben Mendelsohn, who plays one of the scrolls, forget the character's name. Yeah, that's already. Okay. Um, Telsa, Telso, Tolslo. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he is in. He's in. He's in a lot of movies too. He's in Ready Player One. Yeah. He's in The Dark Knight Rises. Hope yeah. I just shattered a couple people's worlds. Yeah. Um, Rogue One. Is he the mask guy? Right. He's the he's the one that says like, um. You want to take off that mask? No, no, that's a different guy. Who is he in Dark Knight Rises again? He so so you know how um, Bane has like you, there's like two guys that play the same role and it's Ben Mendelsohn and that other guy and the other guy reminds me of a doll. Yeah, yeah. And that's the guy that oh that yeah falls yeah. into the the river. Yeah. Um, he's the other guy, and I I remember seeing the Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah, yeah. And being like that guy's really good, and I he's like he his neck gets cracked and he dies. Yeah. Like Bane kills him, and it's like. I remember that guy. I'm holding on to him. Yeah. And look who we have now, Mr. Ben Mendelsohn. Do you, do you remember, though, at the beginning when the guy asks, it's just a great intro to a movie when he's like, well, what happened if we took off that mask? 
it would be painful for you. <laughs> You're like, whoa. <laughs> bum, 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 Um, And then I said Rogue One, I think. He's in Rogue One. Yeah, he's a Darth Vader guy. He's not Darth Vader. I don't know his name. He's but, a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he likes playing the bad guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's kind of settled into that that role. Which kind of makes for a fun... Good casting. Good casting Good casting because you're like, oh, this guy, he's always the bad guy. And then it flips on its head fun a little fact, bit. Fun fact, people, uh, he's Australian, which I know he has his accent in this movie, but most movies I've seen him in, he's just American. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Um, it's always interesting. We talk about people who, is, who have lisp. I said lisps with a lisp. Yeah. Um, people who have lisp and are actors, yeah. Um, if they can do different accents, this is really fascinating because a lisp is technically a speech impediment. Yeah, and, and so it's just interesting. Like, oh, he still has like control over the weight of his voice. Like, and I know I'm saying this because of the people listening, not because of you. Because I bring up Joel mm. Edgerton all the time, but Joel Edgerton in real life has like a prominent lisp, but he in, in none of his movies does he has a lisp. I still have to like look that up all at all and it's crazy because it's like if you if you can control not doing it how come you do it yeah i don't get it man um okay back to ben mendelson he's also in quigley down under that shattered my world that's an old movie he's in darkest hour which i don't remember him he's a king he's a king maybe oh yeah he's the king (laughs) okay he's the king in the darkest hour um he's in lost river apparently yeah um and then he's in exodus the Christian Bale one. Gods and Kings. Gods and Kings. He's also in um, Place Beyond the Pines. He's the he motorcycle is? owner. He's the guy who <gasps> I gotta like, watch that movie hooks up again the... even more. Yeah. I've been really wanting to rewatch that one. He's and... always a gem, though. I mean, even Drive. if he is doing the kind of over-the-top villain thing, I'm I'm always into it. Me too. Me like, too. even in, in Ready Player One, he's he is bathing in the river of ham. He's like... And it is great. He's like what we want, what we wanted and hoped for in Christoph Waltz. Yeah. But he, you know, Christoph Waltz comes on the scene. Oh, yes. And he's amazing. Such a great actor, wins an Academy Award, and then he just kind of does everything now. And it's like, yeah, you've really soured me on you. Yeah. But Ben Mendelsohn is just like, he knows it, and he goes for it. Yeah. He waited to stay in your lane. That was a good, yeah, you're right. Um, Okay, then we have Jude Law. Uh, He is in AI with Haley Joel Osment, Road to Perdition, Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh. Have you seen that movie? Uh Uh-uh. Pretty good. Grand Budapest. Remember he's in Neo Yokio? Yes. Uh, Grindelwald. He is uh, Dumbledore. He's Mr. Dumbledore. Um, Can't wait to cover that. Well, I can, but. As David Sims says, he puts his little tush on the desk (laughs) in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he's in Gattaca amazing oh, he's movie. movie he's the um guy in the wheelchair wow right oh yeah yeah yeah. he is yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that cool. i actually won't say it because if no one's seen it watch that movie um it's also got uma thurman in it um and then he's in cold mountain which has jack white in it yeah <laughs> fun fact um he's an aviator along with the rest of hollywood yeah i don't remember him but he's like errol something then he's probably a famous person. Everyone's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's also in The Holiday, among several other things. Yes. Then we have Annette Benning, who is the mom in American Beauty. Oh, okay. That I didn't realize. Ooh. And she's working at the fast food restaurant? No, he does. Oh, he does. And she's, yeah. She's his wife. Yes, 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 yes. Um, she's also in Mars Attacks. 
I think she's the hippie one, like with the crystals and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then the great outdoors. What was the thing in uh, Mars Attacks that we were just like dying? It had something to do with the birds. Didn't one of the birds like land on a guy and blow up or something? It's like right at the beginning. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you should cut that out, Micah. Okay. <laughs> and then I also did Lashana Lynch, who plays um, Brie Larson's best friend. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> she is in a lot of shows that I'm assuming are British. Okay. And that's about it. Okay. And then she has like upcoming. I hope that this movie is going to put her on the map because she is like. She's really good. In one this. of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, definitely. She's got. A, she's got. I mean, of course, you have to remember all the other movies that came out this year. But I think that one scene when she's talking to her about talking to Brie about like who she used to be. Like, remember, mm. she's getting like worked up. That's like Academy level acting. It's a good right scene. There. Yeah. Yeah. You may be right. I'm not saying she's getting nominated. I don't yeah, think she yeah. is. But, but if she does that in another movie, she might get nominated. Right. In the right movie, she might get yeah, nominated I see, for that yeah. scene. Yeah, you're right. You're always right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the movie begins, and uh, this is the first movie to come out in, in Marvel after Stan Lee dies. And they do an intro that's all of Stan Lee's cameos. Yeah. And it's I, really nice. I, it's really beautiful. Uh, in the theaters, I started tearing up, and I turned to Jordan. I said, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think it, it's after that, it says, thank you, Stan. Yeah, which is really, it's just really nice. I mean, without Stan, you don't have this stuff. Without Stan, you don't have Lee. Yeah. And um, so then the movie starts in the flashback of the ruins um, of the, of the, of the plane the explode, crash we'll yeah. learn later. Yeah. Um, and then she... Really like how that's all done. Very slow-mo stuff. Cool. Very cool. Um, we wake up... Well, Brie wakes up, and she looks across uh, the Cree planet that she's living on, and she's then she goes and meets with Jude Law, and they have some kind of fun um, banter. But it's not like it's not too over it's the top. It's not sexual t- tension banter. Yeah, which is I nice. Don't, I don't feel like they ever have it. Yeah, um, yeah, no, but no, no. it's just playful friend. And like, then she's yeah. like, "Let's go down to this gym place and like fight." And yeah. as they're fighting, we get this great motif that's I'm sure very um, relevant to a lot of women. Um, that's very cool that they keyed into because it's it's both subtle and really loud. If that makes sense, like it's not too in your face. Um, not that it can't be in your face, but I mean the message is the message is clear. But and what's the message? And 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 so when they're fighting, uh, he's like, "You need to learn how to control your emotions. You're you're too emotional in this fight." Um, and that that payoff at the end when they when they battle is so it's so good. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that though. Um, so we do that, and then I'm kind of speeding through. You just hop in, uh, and then he takes her to this supercomputer called the Supreme Intelligence, which is an artificial intelligence. Yes, and it's um, like, that's I a like net bending in there. I like the effects. The effects and, are very and like cool. Going into the artificial intelligence, I thought mm-hmm. that was really different, unique, and fun. Um, and then that, before that, in the fight, they see that you have she has this little like uh, thing attached to the back of her, like right behind right behind her ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you learn quickly that that is the Cree has like installed that on her to control her powers. Because when she meets with yeah. the AI, it's it's Annette Benning, this woman, and the whole the the interesting thing that I like about it is everyone sees a different 
person for when they go into artificial intelligence. Yeah. So this is who she sees, but she doesn't even know who this woman is. Yes. Um, but you, that's when you learn that like, basically she says like, we can take your powers away as quickly as we gave them to you. Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then I don't really remember what else they talked about other than like, you need to calm down just furthering <laughs> yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. And then they, um, go to a mission where they're one of their people are, have been kidnapped. And who's at the mission? None other than the guy who's at the beginning yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, oh, cool. That's freaking cool. And these are Cree people. So this totally tracks. Yeah. Then, then you you think, I mean, if one happens to remember, which I barely do uh-huh. a quarter of the time, but it's like, wait, does that mean that Ronan's Cree? And then you remember like, yeah, he is. Yeah. And then, and then, then you like, remember that they announced that Ronan was going to be in the movie. And then oh, you're I like ready to go. Don't know that. Oh, what? Okay. But, it, but it's like. If Ronan's a Cree and Ronan is a bad guy, what does that say about these people? Even though you know this is yeah, in, pa- in the past, yeah. like it's like maybe something happens and then they turn bad. But it yeah. is kind of like, huh? That's interesting. That's just interesting so uh-huh. far. Yeah. Um. So you got your ragtag group of people. You got your big bearded, burly bearded guy. Uh-huh. Then you have the guy from Guardians. Then you have another girl. And then I. I'm just trying to make a joke about how they try to fit every demographic yeah, into a group okay, of people, okay. um, which they kind of do. Um, but so yeah, so they're on this planet, and when they go there, they go underwater. And I'll j- just a personal aside: I know that it is um, probably in the comic books, but I really hate the way her suit looks when she has the hair sticking up through the helmet. I think yeah, it looks we, so dumb. We talked about it. Practical application: it's cool. Because we have talked about before, and this is just a nitpicky thing that does not matter. Yeah, yeah. But it's like when a girl's, not even a girl, like anyone who wears a helmet and then the helmet comes off and it's like, your hair's still perfect. You <laughs> yeah. don't even look sweaty. But in this one, it shows that like her, when her helmet goes up, that weird thing on the top of her head is her hair. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'm sure that is the design of the comic book. Yeah. But it's also like, cool, practical application of that's what happens to her hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, it's like finally, thank you. I've been yeah, wondering yeah. about that. Um, also, you said that you had a big one for me when you were doing the notes. You were like, "Oh, I can't wait to tell Micah this." What was oh, it? It was American Beauty. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was like when I saw it. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that is her." Yeah, that is pretty wild. She was I really just, good in it. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Isn't Chris Cooper in that movie? Yeah, he is. Dang. Yeah, um, and then that guy who's in uh, Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, so then they go in and they talk about how there's um, scrolls there, which are shapeshifters. And if you don't know much about scrolls going into this movie, if you have any like comic book knowledge at all, they're like a pretty big part of the comic books. These are like a huge alien race that um, I think showed up in like the seventies. And I think I haven't I haven't read many comic books that have them in it, um, but I know I think that there is a at least a run where like a lot of Avengers die and stuff like that. And then you find out that like years earlier that the scrolls had come down. And so so some of those Avengers are not actually dead and they're on another planet and kind of some fun, cool stuff like that, which before this movie came out, I think a lot of people were like, Oh, how do the scrolls play into Avengers? Because maybe like Nick Fury isn't really Nick Fury. I'm glad so far they have kept it simple. Yeah. I, I look forward to maybe them doing something weird like that. Like, oh, this character dies, and then 
they come back or something. I, but we, you know, that doesn't always work. Yeah. But, um, sometimes in in certain contexts, those storylines are like, Oh, that's convenient. That's dumb. So, but yeah, it's interesting to see what they'll do further with it. Yeah. And then the other kind of weird thing is that I, I, um, I think I just, I mean, I don't know if they ever are historically comic book wise, good guys. I always understood them to be bad guys. So the whole movie, I had, I did, I was not um, prepared for the the twist of them being good guys. When Jude Law started turning on Captain Marvel, you're like, oh, okay, okay, I could yeah. kind of see that, but maybe you weren't sure. But when the scrolls turn out to be like fine, and the fact that they cast Ben Mendelsohn, you're like, oh, the, these are the bad guys. They're just the bad guys. Yeah, and really when they casting. don't, it turns out. I mean, I found that reveal to be I feel pretty like cool jude law's good casting in that way too because he has played a lot of really charming good characters yeah but he has also played i mean like road to perdition is one of the scummiest creepiest characters i've ever seen yeah this ai is pretty i know he's a good guy but he's still like weird yeah so it's like jude law can go there he can go so unhinged they're both, they're both good good casting yeah <laughs> are a, you okay i had a nasty little burp there. okay so they're on the the planet or the thing whatever and these people start coming up to them and they're like oh it's gonna be dangerous and then they're like no they're just um they're natives and they're hungry and they're just like basically begging them yeah. so it seems hostile and at, at meanwhile brie has gone into this like cave to go find the person when everyone else is like trying to stave off these people and uh-huh. then that's when you find out it's this, like some of them turn it transform into scrolls and then it's like the mission has been compromised get out yeah Get and, the, and they all start turning into scrolls and they make a weird sound i love it i mean it sounds like they're supposed to be a giant animal kind of roar <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's like cool but they're just like human size um, and then basically they capture our uh, main character well the person they went there to save was a, in fact a scroll yeah and captures her and then um there's a, a pretty long i i don't know if montage is the right word maybe it is but of just these like visions slash flashbacks yeah, with with ben mendelson like talking over them going yeah. go back go back and them rewinding and stuff which i think is really Love cool it. and interesting I, yeah i really liked that and so we see a lot of brie um working for the air force mm-hmm. um which it, it's like obviously very confusing especially when i mean it, it's just i i think this is good writing in this part because, like, let's just imagine that this is not part of the Marvel Universe. It's a standalone movie, original thing. Yeah. And it starts off as a straight-up sci-fi movie. Uh-huh. And then you find out that this person has, like, maybe been, to maybe Earth. is a human. Yeah. Originally. Cool. That's pretty wild. That's so cool. I'm so into that. So then we see the um, Annette Benning. Yeah. Talking to, to Brie, and it's like... Oh, maybe like so is this person a human too? Like what yeah. what is their actual relationship cuz Bree doesn't even know what their relationship is. And and um, what's cool is at least for me, I don't I've read like two issues of Captain Marvel. I had like no idea about this character. So all of this stuff was new to me. I don't know how true it is to a comic book, but I feel like they do a pretty good job of like not letting you know what's happening until it's happening. Yeah. Um cuz I I was like Oh, when the movie started, I'm like, oh, she's an alien. Okay, cool. And then I'm like, her oh, blood's I, even blue. I guess she's not. You can't I don't tell know. me she's human. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she um, has all these flashbacks that then you she does like wake up 
like mm. becomes conscious and she sees that the Kree are not the Kree. The scrolls are going through her memories. Yeah. Um, and the scrolls look so cool. Their love design the makeup. is great. Um, love the makeup. Looks mostly makeup. Yes. But maybe a little bit CG here and there. Yeah. Especially on the like smaller curl. And guy. I think that for being so heavily in in such thick makeup, Ben Mendelssohn does like he acts through it. Yeah, yeah. I think he does a really good job with that. Um, and so then to fast forward, she gets out of the thing that she's harnessed in and fun starts, sequence. Yeah, fun. I like how sequence. there's practical things like she's not wearing shoes, so there's just like an issue. Well, then suddenly at some point she gets shoes. As she's falling I, through the I air. I think she grabs shoes before she... Yeah, she grabs shoes oh, from okay. someone before she leaves. Doesn't really matter puts either them way. On. But, but stuff like yeah. that, I just think, makes it a little more unique than just her fighting. Well, and it's a fight scene. It's smart being like, you know, they don't want to make her just like Superman. Um, she, like, has those... Like those metal braces things on, on her, her hands. Arms. So yeah. she can't actually use her powers. Yeah. So she has to think of other ways to fight these these things. So that, that was really good. And then fast forward, she... Um, falls out of the ship or no, no, no. She gets into like a little air pod f- flies out. You see that they've been orbiting earth mm-hmm. or a planet and she yeah. falls uh, to earth into a blockbuster. Yeah. Which is, I mean, they're tugging at our heartstrings a little bit, but it feels pretty cool but to it see feels a blockbuster. So right. And you see like a true lies cut out uh-huh. and you see a hook movie and HUD sucker proxy. And then she picks up the movie, the right stuff which is a movie about astronauts going into space, yeah. which is obviously like an influence that they yeah. wanted to do. And then she walks out of it. And she, what I, what I really like about this whole next sequence of the movie is she is not, she's not like fish out of water. Um, I mean, she is, but she's but, easily adaptable, but she's like a fish who's like, okay, where's the water at? Like, I just need to find the water. Can you yeah. help me find the water? And everyone else is like, what the heck is a fish? Which so, it just shows you she is a thing, like a being, whatever, human, not human, whatever. She's been on to, so this is not the first foreign planet she's been to. Yeah, yeah. She's been to other planets. So to her, this is normal. But then when, you know, we go to another planet, our heart is bursting through our chest because we're having so much anxiety about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that I thought that was really well done. So then she, she calls Jude and says like, I'm on sector boobity boo and um jews like stay there don't move we're coming to get you even though she's like i can continue on with this mission She's like there's three scrolls in this place we need to take care of this before things get out of hand and then a man pulls up and he looks pretty recognizable a 70 year old man gets out of a vehicle his name's sam jackson and you go wait a second he doesn't look 70 and then if you're like us you're like wait he's 70 right now yeah he he turned 70 this year and Happy um, birthday, man. <laughs> and uh, you're like, I already saw him in glass, and now I'm here to see him again. And later, I'm going to see him like two more times this year, maybe three more times. How much can a 70 year old work? And then you're, you look at him and you go, Oh no, he's like 45 right now, because they aged him down, and it looks so good. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. I don't even question it. No, I, I, I really don't. All I notice is that he looks younger. I don't notice, like, I don't even think, like, de-aged. I think young Sam Jackson. The only one I notice is um, Greg Clark or Clark Greg or whatever his name is, um, Colson. Yeah. He looks he a looks, little too shiny. He just looks stiff, but at the same time, that's nothing different than his him in previous roles or previous movies. Which leads us... To Greg Colson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Agent Colson. Let's talk Stick about it. Stick in him. the mud. 
they bring back this character that I guess people are into this character. But we talked about, go back and listen to our first Avengers movie. We talked about how he is so, uh, he like doesn't, he, uh, what is he? I don't know anything about him. And then they finally bring stuff back to him in Avengers and have him like have this um, love of Captain America. But then if you're me, who's a lay person seeing these movies and you're like, well, that's sad, I guess. Why, why do I care for this person? Yeah. Other than he's been a cu- in a couple of these for maybe about maybe two minutes of screen time, 30 seconds of talking. And I think the big thing I came down to is I'm just like, I just don't buy his face. Yeah. Like he just doesn't look like the character that they are pretending he is. I think he is. I, you know, I think they, they purposely wanted to cast someone who's not that well known. Yeah. And then over time, maybe people are, it's like, oh, it's that guy. All yeah. I, the only thing I know him is that he's in Five Hundred Days of Summer, but um, I think he's um, b- bad in this movie. I would say I'd go so far as to say bad. Yeah, I I just think they could have done better. Yeah, and and he doesn't have to be there. Um, but I I think it's it makes sense that he's there. It's not. It's yeah, not bad, but you but, could have just not written him in it. Yeah, and nothing would change. It could have just been a fan theory that people wished had happened. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, Stan Lee is in the train because they they pick up a chase. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Um, and I'm sh- they must have done like a reshoot or something when he died because she she's looking for a scroll on a train and she looks at Stan Lee, pulls the newspaper back, and then smirks at him like, I know who you are. Yeah. And I feel like they probably had the footage of Stan Lee and maybe like he said a joke or something and then they were like, we can't do that now. We got to make it a little nicer. Yeah. And it's, again, you're just like... <laughs> Stop, yeah. stop. And then she punches an old lady who turns out to be a scroll. Kind of funny. Another and then, cool action sequence. Another cool action sequence. Train action sequences are always cool. Yeah, the Unless stakes are always higher. Well, we'll see. I want to rewatch that because yeah. I saw Parasite. And for those of you who, I'm not going to say anything about it, but um, because it's best not to know anything about it, but uh, highly recommend go see Parasite. Uh, it's very good. And that's where I'll leave it. Can you take over right now? She, okay, so then she changes out of her Cree co- costume, <laughs> Cree uniform, and gets on some, like, she got flannel, she's got jeans, she's got a motorcycle and a leather jacket. I think she's, le- uh, yeah, leather. She's 90s girl. Yeah. So it's very grunge. I mm-hmm. think she's also wearing combat she's boots She's wearing a point. Nine Inch and, Nails shirt. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah, N-I-N. Okay. Um, I was trying to figure it out. Um, that's when you're not a Nine Inch Nails fan, and you're like, must be a brand of some fashion thing. <laughs> no. Um so then, yeah, so she goes, she, she's trying to follow the trail to like under, like something is, you know, seeing those flashbacks, she's like, there is something about me that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And being here is like a little too familiar. And she's kind of following these little trails. So like she knows she needs to, she, she found out by going to a computer um, that she needs to go to this bar. Yeah. Because she has this memory of something that's like, okay, I'm going to go to that bar. So she rides a motorcycle to this bar. Um, Samuel Jackson follows her. And then they like have their official, official meet. Um, and she, she's like, you got to prove to me that you're not a scroll. So he tells her some really intimate, I mean, he doesn't tell her really intimate things, but he tells her things that no one else would know about him, like odd, weird things. Yeah. And then, so then he's like, okay, I'll help you. I believe you. And then she's like, okay, I'll trust you enough. And this is when we see that they have, like, this is when their chemistry starts yes. happening, and they have really good chemistry together. Yeah, it's good. And I, I hope 
whenever they make a sequel, I hope that they are like the main characters again. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, I would like that too. Yeah. Um. So then, excuse me, burp. Um, they go to Air Force One base thing, like a Shield headquarters. Oh, a Shield. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they go to a Shield headquarters or area thing, and out in the middle of the desert. Um, and they get clearance to look at some of these files, uh, but they get taken to a room and are just waiting in this room. Yeah. And Samuel even, so it's like at this point, Bree's just like, well, he seems fine. I'm fine. Like this is his world. He seems yeah. comfortable. I'm fine. Um, but then he's like, something isn't totally right here. Yeah. Because he, I mean, because she is technically an alien, he has been like ordered to like crack down on all this stuff and like basically bring her in. Mm-hmm. But he has chosen now to help her, which means he's going against orders. So he um, finagles a way to get into the, the the room with all the files. Meanwhile, they yeah, see... because they're looking for Lawson, who who yes. they had found out from the scroll interrogation. That was the name of the woman, the Annette yes. Benning character, Lawson. And, and she had this Pegasus meanwhile, project. Meanwhile, they find the cat. Yeah, Goose. Goose. Goose the cat. Cool cat. Yeah, so then they, they look through these files called the Pegasus operation, mm-hmm. um, and... Brie Larson finds a picture of herself by a plane. Yeah, and I like how that is all played because it's like, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, we're kind of expecting it at this point, but her character is not. Yeah. And her acting is really good. She's like, I I don't understand. Yeah, she's like loss of expression shock, which is a good job. Um, Yeah, so then um, I think meanwhile at this time, like S.H.I.E.L.D.'s showing up. And Mm -hmm. and also at this time... uh, Ben Mendelsohn, the Ben Mendelsohn, the scroll has turned into Ben Mendelsohn, <laughs> who yeah. who is Samuel Jackson's boss. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so and there's there's that great scene when they're going to, um, uh, not that great scene, but just a, a couple of lines of dialogue where they're going to the Shield headquarter, Bree and Sam, mm-hmm. and he says like, "You can just yes, call me, yeah. you can call me Fury. Nobody calls me Nick. Nobody calls me Nicholas. Whatever." And then when Ben Mendelsohn and shows was, up, I think the important part is she's like, "What does your mom call you?" And he Fury. goes, "Fury." Yeah. And then when they go there, um, then his his quote unquote boss, who's now a scroll, says Nicholas Fury. And he's just like, "Good job, Nicholas." Yeah, that's what he says when they're in the elevator. And you just so see, then he knows he's got this confused look on his face. Yeah, because Sam Jackson's the best. Yeah, and and briefly before they they get to Bree, she has a very brief phone call with Jude again mm-hmm. because they're still en route to earth and Mm -hmm. she basically is just saying like i'm really confused i saw this picture of me all this stuff and he's you know paraphrasing is just like don't believe anything like don't trust anyone don't do anything else we're we're still coming um and then doesn't even they is that when they have a brief conversation with ronan jude and that one guy yes they do and i forget what ronan says but you know it's like i'm bad (laughs) i'm gonna i want to go kill some people i'm gonna make my way to earth too well and and this is kind of a cool thing both with um the agent colson uh ronan and the guy from guardians of the galaxy and i may have said this in the episode you'll hear next week people but it's really cool that with this universe now that because they can do different timelines and they there's alternate things and all that, they can like bring back actors to reprise their roles at, um, it could be a different period. It could be like a scene that had already happened. I just think that that's so cool and it kind of makes the universe bigger to me. Yeah. 
Um, or maybe it makes it smaller. I don't know. It's just, it's really fun. That, that makes it a little more fun. That's the word fun. Yeah, no, I think so too. For anyone who might be confused if Ronan is played by Lee Pace as well in this movie, because Mike and I were confused if it was still him. It is. It is. Okay. It's Lee Pace. Yeah. There was something, maybe he's just, I mean, I guess it's it's like four or five years later. It's exactly what you said. He didn't have, um, those black markings of paint on his face. Okay. He was just blue face. So that's cool. So maybe he like, maybe he like like upgraded or something like that maybe you could assume like his religious thing like he purified a planet and now he wears black paint or something i mean is that what it happens in guardians well i think in guardians he just has the black paint so what well, happened in scene, between there's a is, scene where we see them put it on him oh that's right so stop talking <laughs> <laughs> so when, okay. when he shoots <laughs> so Ronan says something about like i'm coming boo boo and um he asked them a question probably about where she is and jude's like doesn't totally answer the question boo boo yeah so so then you see a moment where it's like oh i think i still kind of trust jude although i don't really know what is what his goal is like Mm -hmm. what what is his actual motivation at this point because it doesn't seem he's really like willing to help like to to like trust in brie but he's also not like forthcoming with all the information for his boss yeah where is jude um so then another jude okay (laughs) another action sequence between shield and scrolls Mm -hmm. um in the the file room um yeah yeah and and that kind of all ends well okay yeah well uh uh sam jackson picks up goose and he and uh the scroll is like oh get that flurkin away from me and he's like, that's it's not a cat. for a while, Micah. No, it, I thought it scared him away here. Oh, no. that's at the house. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so okay. So this basically <laughs> this ends with uh, Bree and Samuel Jackson no, like knowing to go to her friend's mm-hmm. house. Like they get yeah, that information. Maria Rambo's house. Okay, I was gonna look up her name. Um, and yeah, so they go there, and then this is this is when I think the 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 indie like personal style of um yeah. Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck really shine because yeah, me too. you see the relationship between the daughter of Maria Rambo, Maria Rambo and Brie Larson and how you know Brie Larson shows up and she's like I don't know who you guys are. Yeah. And they're like uh you're my best friend? You're my sister, basically her aunt? Uh yeah, she calls you aunt. Um we thought you've been dead for 6 years. I don't really know how to take this and you're just kind of showing up. And I'm really happy you're here, but and I don't like, know how to process this. Yeah, and it's like I I am feel mad at you, but there's no reason. Like, yeah, like you I didn't, like that you didn't concept because I feel like she the she acts that really well. Like I feel mad at you, but you actually haven't done anything to me. Well, and I think the lesser writing playing off of what you're saying, and the lesser acting is to just have like a total breakdown. Yeah, but I love the fact that she's just like. I guess I'm happy. I don't know. And then she has her great monologue scene. Yeah. Talking to Brie saying, I mean, what, what does she say again? Um, she says, pass me that cheese, Brie. <laughs> no, <laughs> but she, she's based. I mean, it's, it's kind of all that what we've been talking about, but saying like, you know, I, apparently six years ago, I thought my best friend died mm-hmm. and I've just been trying to move forward with it. And now suddenly my best friend is back and yeah. I'm just supposed to be fine yeah, with yeah, that, that and help thing. you and like believe that you're an alien yeah. because she, because she believes she's a Cree. Yeah. Although not really, you know, she's not sure now. Um, 
so that that's a really powerful scene and then the scrolls show up and you're like oh they're effed um and then you find out they're not because yeah. the scroll the scroll shows them the black box from when the um the plane crash happened and then yes. we have the whole sequence how come they have that did they get the it from shield eh, maybe probably probably whatever. yeah so then um yeah, so that also I, I that's an uh, after that it's important. Uh, well, no, no, it's also you know Bree's like, why should I trust you, the scroll? Like I have been raised, you know, in these last six years to believe that you're like our our arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you you don't understand what my people have been through and what we continue to go through, and that we are going to be extinct. The scroll will be extinct, which is like, oh, Ronan's in this movie. And yeah. he's like a genocidal maniac. Yeah. And he's trying to rid of the scrolls. It's like interest. It's just like mm-hmm. really cool that they brought him back. Really cool. Yeah. It just kind of like it, it keeps for a very big world. It does connect dots and also keeps the world contained. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like, okay, I can see how in 20 years he's going to be what he is. Totally. Totally. Is, and, you know, he even launches nukes at, uh, or not nukes, but like his version of nukes at Earth at, later in the movie. Yeah. You know, like he is already pretty crazy. Yeah. But then the scrolls show up, you know, and um, and it seems threatening, but then, and it is, but then we find out like what happened is um, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, wh- which I love how they've been calling her uh, Veers the whole movie. And then we find out that her dog tag was broken when Jude and it Law says, found him. Veers. Yeah, and so then we find out that uh, uh, Lawson, the Annette Benning character, was flying around with Carol Danvers, and they were trying, and then they were attacked. Well, Carol Dan, by Jude Dan- Law. not Carol, um, Annette Benning's character has been studying a, a way to like break light speed or something. Yeah, she, she was working on something groundbreaking in physics. Yeah, and she has she essentially did it. And her and Bree were like doing it, and that's when the sc- scrolls. No, 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 no the Cree. Cree. The Cree show up, and you find out that Annette Benning is a Cree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's she, right. She is a Cree because remember when they do crash, she's bleeding blue. Yeah. And Bree's bleeding blood red. Yeah, because she gets a transfusion later. Yeah. So, um, you you see that? So it's in the beginning. Back to the beginning of the movie when she has that dream, she sees a scroll pointing mm-hmm. a gun at her, but in reality, it was Jude. Yeah. And you see, you know, before Annette died, she told she told Brie like shoot the engine which has all of her work in it. The yeah. the camp like all that stuff. And so Brie shoots it and it she absorbs it and that's how she becomes Captain Marvel. Which and is cool. What I lo- oh, sorry. Go I ahead, just go it's ahead. like that you know, that's the origin moment. Yeah, and, and it is very, very epic. But I feel yeah, like the slow motion and the visual effects are crazy. But with that's, her absorbing that's the cool it. part about it. About it because it's it's visual without words. Yeah, which is great. So then Jude Law's like, "Oh, change the plans. I'm not going to kill this person. I'm going to need to learn kidnap. how to control them because they have a lot of power now." Yeah. But what I what I love about this and what I think makes this movie unique is um, it it is not it is an origin story it truly is but i love how instead of going a b c it goes c d e or it goes c d a b e yeah and and i love in bringing the origin story into another story so that we're we're moving forward with the character and we're not having to do like all that legwork of like 
you know, just like them getting their powers and yeah. all of that stuff, which and then learning how really, to use them. Yeah, and it which can is always be like awesome. Fifteen minutes, but at least. Like in this in this movie, it's just cool that that it's a and it, it makes the genre of the origin. It's not just like a hero's journey. It is, but it's also like it's kind of a mystery, and she mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on. And I think that that's really cool. And I think that's part it's of why I like a, the movie so much. It's very much a drama mm-hmm. in that way. Um, yeah. So then she, um, base like she learned, she relearns all these memories. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think we've already said this, but has agreed to work with the scroll and help them. And by helping them, it's also saving earth, you know, just like saving people. Yeah. Cause they need to get everything off the planet at yeah. this point. Um, and we find out that Lawson has been hiding the scrolls. And I think part of what she was working on was to try and get them saved and out of reach of the Kree. Yes, that's that was the bigger bigger part of her plan to create this mm-hmm. beyond light speed yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. So yeah, so they they go. Um it's Bree, Ben Mendelssohn, Sam, and Maria. Yeah. All go up to the where the scrolls have been for a really long time mm-hmm. like like some of they're they're like some of the rest yeah you know and it's the the ship's kind of cool it's like it's just different looks like a box <laughs> yeah it's it's, I mean, it's lawson's lab that super interesting but it is it's like okay it's different i appreciate yeah. that the color palette's nice just i think it's a little here. too dark in there and maybe that's supposed to, to symbolize i think i i liked something. it because it was just kind of different yeah i liked the dark I think but, um, it was dark in a way that it was like, I can't really see anything. Oh, okay. Um, but then, so we see the scrolls, we see Ben Mendelsohn has a family. So it's like, not only is he trying to save his people, he's trying to save his family. So it's like, yeah. oh, I care about this character even more now. Well, and that's, that's when I'm like, oh, he wasn't playing her, I guess. Like yeah. he was being genuine. Okay. Ne- whoa. The, yeah. the, what a twist yeah. for me. Um, and then we find out that the energy core they've been looking for is none other than the Tesseract, mm-hmm. which is really cool. It's crazy how much the Tesseract, more than like any other stone, has been like such an important part of a lot of this series. Yeah. And um, uh, the scrolls. So ha- then the- I wrote hanging and banging upstairs. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. There's no banging in this movie. Okay. So then the, the Kree show up, Jude and the crew show up, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, he's trying to convince Brie of like, you're a Cree for for a brief time. He's still like, you know, this is who you are. You need to like change back your loyalty. We also forgot to mention that before they leave Earth, she finally changes into her actual costume, Captain yeah. Marvel uniform. Um, but then it's like she still has the um, chip chip behind her ear. So it's yeah. like she, you know, they fight, whatever. And then the Cree capture her. And they like put her in the AI again. And so they, well, she, they do that. They do that. Um, I just thought it was weird to note that they they play that like girl pop punk song. Yeah. While she's fighting, um, which is kind of cool for what it like symbolizes. I think it's like a weird. It's a very weird choice of song that kind of makes the 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 scene stand out because it's it's really like not that intense of a song at all. I don't uh, know. I, I thought it was. Know. I thought it was worth noting. I, I don't, don't really, really know what to. I don't have an opinion. I don't. I don't really either. I just Sounds wanted like to do. mention it. Um, and then yeah, she's captured and she's like imprisoned in the computer. Um, the the supreme intelligence. And that's like that when, sequence, it's cool. Yeah, and she has to like, 
she like fights the computer oh, and i think they've done it earlier in the movie but especially at this part she has a lot of flashbacks of her as a child oh yeah throughout various stages of people telling her like you need to stay down you need to stop trying and and, and it's her doing thing like like physical things that like men have done and boys get to do mm-hmm. that she also wants to be a part of but she like nearly dies a lot throughout yeah. her life because she just wants to like be included and in part of it and not like you know because the p- reason people are telling her to stop is because she's a girl yeah and i don't think it's preachy no and if it is who cares <laughs> yeah <laughs> the message needs to be sent yeah. but i i do think in uh it's it's actually like not it's 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 fairly like subtle. It's it's just like Nicole said in that quote I read. Like it's just the version of the story that they're telling. Yeah, like, that's the story they want to tell, and they do want to put that message out there. Good for them. Yeah. Um. But it also like it just makes sense. That's what the movie's built to. And that whole sequence where she, all the little like the little girl is standing up and like gonna try yeah. again, and she's standing up in the army and at the air force, and then she finally like fights the computer off. And then like breaks out, which like and that chip quote, falls unquote, off of her. No one can do, and she like absorbs all her power. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah. So then the real fight happens. Fights mm-hmm. all the people, all the Kree again, and then wins. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. um, the cat. So so the that previous to this, Ben Mendelsohn's like sees the cat and he's like, "That's a flirt and get it away from me." That's yeah scary. And then um, you see that. Um, the cat who is not, it's not really a cat. Eats the flurkin, yeah. The flurkin eats the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically Brie is a, just is a diversion. They think she is a Tesseract when actually they do and they're leaving the ship. Yeah. So they leave. Woohoo. Um, and then Brie fights all of them, beats all of them. And then Ronan shows up and she, I mean, within... 15 seconds wipes them out and she kind of says earth stay off of earth yeah and then they come back down and jude is still fighting you know there's still other fighting well, i'm gonna kind of skip there's it not that much though because she at that that last moment you know jude's like okay this is the you know you and me no yeah. powers just and the like music old swells times. and you're like oh she's gonna beat him like man and to part man. of you was like i kind of hope there's not another fight scene i'm like pretty actioned out at this point <laughs> and then she just blasts him and she and then she says i have nothing to prove to you yeah and i'm like if i was a girl i'd feel so validated right now (laughs) right is that bad to say no because this this movie i'm like man i'm i'm not a girl okay (laughs) i don't know what to say (laughs) i'll probably cut that that sounds weird i'm just kind of making a joke but i do i do like this movie a lot (laughs) and uh then the cat scratches uh Nick Fury in the eye. And he's like, oh, it's fine. It's just a scratch. And Ben Mendelsohn's like, no. Which is funny. I think it's funny. I don't think we needed to see it. And I also think it's pretty lame because in Captain America Winter Soldier, he says, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And so... The last thing you trusted was a cat. Cat. Which and, is like, maybe you trust too much. And and it's what what's kind of stinks is like... I think that that line in Winter Soldier could have been a moment in Captain Marvel that would have um, really helped the growth of his character and maybe shown something about him, but it's thrown away for a dumb joke. Yeah. That's why I don't like that. That's a good point. Um, And also, why would the cat do that? Because it's not a cat. Um, Also, cats are moody. 
and then, it is a cat. And then Captain Marvel gives him the pager, which he'll use at the end of Infinity War. The Kree find their new home. He sits at the computer and he says he has a thing. Well, it sounds like the you said the Kree. Kree go back home? Uh, I'm sorry, the this, skull. So it sounds like scrolls. Because Ben Mendel has said like there's still thousands of us out there. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Bree's going to help them. Sounds like that's why yes, she leaves. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and then he changes the name on his computer to Avengers Initiative. Yeah. Because he's talking about how they need a shield over the world kind of thing. Yeah. That one, it is like the eye kind of in the solo territory. But I kind of like that one. I thought it was kind of fun. I'm fine with that one. Because Captain Marvel says something like, we're just Avengers or something. Yeah. Stuff like that is pretty cheesy and you really don't need to do it. It's okay in this one. Um, and then we have the post-credit scene where the pager is reading um, and Captain it Marvel shows off. up and meets the Avengers. Yeah. Which you're kind of... I remember seeing that in theaters and it's like, oh, baby, when is Endgame out? Let's go. Yeah. And then at the end of the credits of this movie, we have the old cat, the flurkin, puke out the Tesseract. Yep. And that's Captain Marvel. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, it's an easy 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It's pretty high in my Marvel ranking. Um, so next week is Endgame. Today is December 6th. I released a song called Meadowlark, and it is my personal favorite song from the album. I hope that you would listen to it, maybe even download it. And if you really like it, or if you really like this podcast, you'd go to patreon.com slash and you could sign up for $5 or $10 and or more if you want. I think there's no limit. And uh, monthly, you'd get early access to stuff. You get the podcast early and you get exclusive things. Um, thank you for listening. Marvel is pretty great. It's pretty great. I'm just going to say it. I, do you have anything else to say about the movie? No, I want to go to bed. I do too. Um, next week is Avengers Endgame, the best one of the series. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.